So how long were you sober the first time that you tried a meaningful attempt of sobriety in the past? Uh, I had 10 years that I did not drink. Um, and I, I'm real adamant about saying it was 10 years that I did not drink. Um, I didn't use, I didn't use any other substances, but I didn't drink, but I don't like to refer to it as sober living. I see. Um, um, to me, for me, my sobriety is a lot more than just not drinking or using any, any, any chemicals or anything like that. Uh, for me, my sobriety, because of all of the character defects that I talked about earlier, it is dealing with those character defects and dealing with those problems and issues on a daily basis in a way that I guess is normal or is not offensive to the people around me. So mm -hmm. that to me is, is sober living. So I, um, I graduated college and I drank like everybody else in college. So I thought, um, mm -hmm. in my eyes, I, I wasn't doing anything anybody else didn't do. Um, I grad, by the time I graduated college, I had three, uh, driving under the influences DUIs. Um, none of them stuck. They all were taken care of one way or the other. The, I guess probably a benefit of growing up in the eighties and going to school mm -hmm. in the eighties, <laughs> but, uh, all of them were dropped for one reason or the other. Uh, I had other mis miscellaneous misdemeanor offenses and stuff where all of them revolved around me drinking. And, um, when I graduated college, I had a, a sister that was in law school who uh, went to an outpatient program for alcoholism. And I looked at her and I was like, she's not an alcoholic. She drinks less than I do. She says, uh, somebody's just selling her a bunch of minutia. She's fine. <laughs> right. And um, she convinced me to, she and a couple of other friends or my friends or whatever, convinced me to go to the same outpatient facility and take a test to see if I was an alcoholic. And I don't know if you've ever taken one of these tests before, but it's just difficult. The, the standard five, six page test of how many times a week do you drink? How do many drink drinks in the morning? Do you feel guilty? You <laughs> Have you ever had a blackout? It's all those standard questions. Well, even though I knew I wasn't an alcoholic at that point, I was going to make damn sure somebody else didn't try to tell me I was. Um, because they'd already taken all this money from my sister and run her through this program. They're not going to do the same to me. So, so I lied. Um, I drank, drank once or twice a day. I drank one or two times. I've had a blackout maybe once. I've never gotten in trouble. I've just, I lied every page, every question I lied. And, uh, <laughs> I'll never forget the guy came back after grading the test and he says, John, I'm, I, I, I want to tell you that you, you, we've looked at all your answers and we definitely feel like you have a drinking problem. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, wow, what was your reaction? <laughs> I was like, I, I, I basically the same reaction I just had. I started laughing. I was like, there's no way. I said, no, I, I, I don't have a drinking. And he started telling me about the outpatient program and I got, ah, aha. Now I get it. You want me to go into this outpatient program. You want my money. 
I got this. I don't, again, that alcoholic way of thinking already, I look back now and I go, there it is. I've got this. I can do it. And I was hell bent and determined that I didn't need that. So I kind of followed the prescription that my sister was doing. She was going to AA. So I said, well, I'll go to AA. So I joke about this and, and, and on one hand it's a joke, but it, there's a little bit of truth to the joke. I, I started going to AA and I'll never forget my first meeting. I, I tell people to this day, I, I, I walked in and there were 12 steps on the wall and I understood you had to work the 12 steps. I understood you had to have a sponsor and there were all these things and all these requirements. Well, at the end of the hour of that meeting, I had gone through all 12 steps. I had already gotten a sponsor, fired him, graduated the program and decided I was nothing like the other people in that room. <laughs> These right. people were the dregs of society, not like me. Uh, many of them had killed other people in car accidents or things had happened in their life that were way more horrific than anything had ever happened to me, even though I had three DUIs at that point. Um, you know, I, I was nothing like them. So I was in and out of the doors of AA, not drinking for two or three years, I guess. And um, I still wasn't drinking. I was watching my sister who still was not drinking. Stay, she's got almost 30 years sobriety at this point, uh, just a side note, but uh, she still wasn't drinking and things were really turning around. She was at that three or four year mark and I, my sister and I were really, really close up until she got sober and I quit drinking. And it pissed me off because her life was so good. She had met somebody, she was dating, um, she was getting the perfect jobs. And, and I just, it was all fake. It was all fake. Mm. Nobody's life could be that good. She's, and this is before social media, but it, she's, she was the, the picture perfect person on Facebook that you see whose life, everything is rainbows and unicorns. And, and I was like, her life is not that good. It's bullshit. She's just trying to get me to stay with this AA stuff. I'm not doing it. I'm yeah, and then it almost translates to AA, that resentment. It's like, it, it well, this really is bullshit. That's bullshit. It's all bullshit. <laughs> yeah, and I can do it on my own. I'm good enough. Doggone it. I, I can do this. I got it. I'm in control. Wow, where did that come from? I don't know. But yeah, I, I truly thought I was in total control. So the last four or five years, I just white knuckled it and did not drink. Wow. And, so, I mean, if you thought it was kind of a sham from the get-go, even, I, I what, didn't did, was there a part of you that thought, but I mean, I, maybe I should do this. What was motivating you to stay sober? Was it your sibling? Um, like more I'm like, gonna, I'm going to prove them wrong. I'm going to yes. prove myself wrong. Yes. Or, yes. All of the above. I, I, again, is that mental? It was that I, I am a very controlling person, mm. very controlling. And I would lie, cheat, and steal to be in control of a situation. And this was my way of controlling and showing and proving everybody else, you're wrong. I'm not an alcoholic. I don't need AA. I don't need this. I'm not an alcoholic. I'm in control of my life. My life is perfectly manageable. And I've got this and don't need it. And uh, 
that worked until I guess it was about 1999 or 2000, 2000, I guess it was. And uh, I, I, I'm part-time military. I do uh, one weekend a month with the military. I had 28 years. I retired in 2017, oh, but anyhow. Well, thank you for your service. Thank you. But uh, the military offered me an opportunity to go to Germany for three weeks. And uh, I found out about it about six to nine months before the trip. So, cause I had to practice. I, I do remember practicing. And I determined my, that I was not gonna go to German, Germany and not drink German beer. The sobriety <laughs> thing is okay. I'm all right with not drinking, but damn it, if I'm gonna go to Germany, I'm drinking German beer. Yeah, you got a picture of the Stein and the whole that, thing. That's and... it. That was it. <laughs> so I, I started drinking about six months prior to that, just kind of hiding it from anybody and everybody, and uh, nothing more than beer. And um, went to Germany and uh, drank in Germany successfully, and then uh, came home and decided, uh, that's it. I'm gonna put it up again. And after about two or three weeks, I convinced myself, I said, well, I can drink non-alcoholic beer. And this is why I love it when people talk about non-alcoholic beer, non-alcoholic wine on the app and things. I, I'm not a proponent. I am not yeah. a proponent at all. It, it, to me, uh, it, it's a gateway drug. And for me, it was a gateway drug because I started drinking the non-alcoholic beer after getting back from Germany. Um, again, my way to try and controlling control the situation and uh then i decided that uh miller light coors light and this is in no means an endorsement for them but uh their beer is basically non-alcoholic it has two percent or not much more than two percent alcohol in it so yeah and then the rationalization help. kind of snowballs that, from that, there that, right that alcoholic brain started really kicking in on me and uh, I decided I would just do it on weekends. And then it went from weekends to just during football games. Then it was football games on Saturday, football games on Sunday, Monday night football, Friday, Thursday night football. Friday. And it, it soon became where I was drinking beer pretty much seven days a week. And uh, my wife, of course, had found out by then, and she drinks. And she was okay because the whole time that I wasn't drinking, she wasn't drinking. So now she's got somebody and she was comfortable drinking around me. So that just kind of kicked off her enabling personality that, that kind of yeah. came along with my alcoholism. And then it, it just graduated and graduated to I'll drink wine at parties. Mm -hmm. And then uh, vodka is not much different than wine. It's just a little stronger and I'll just do vodka on the weekends. I, chapter three in the big book for Alcoholics Anonymous is my favorite chapter because it goes through all of the alcoholic rationalizations. I'll only drink this. I'll only do this. I won't drink at work. I won't drink when I'm, I'll only do it. On, it, it goes through everything. I, I, when I read that the first time I checked off everything that was in that, I'll only, you know, I will only drink wine. I'll only drink this kind of wine. I'll only drink single malt scotch i won't drink <laughs> i've been down every one of those and it was it's amazing though isn't it people don't realize unless they've been wrapped up in it and sometimes you don't realize for years the slow oh, onset of it and the slow rationalization and how you just start to bend and skew your reality to fit like you know 
at the end of my drinking, I was drinking on the way to work and, and at eight in the morning and I didn't see anything wrong with that. Yeah. That's probably, what I did. Yeah. That's, you know, uh, it's, I'm not drinking that much. It's just a little bit to steady my hand. Cause I, I remember yeah. being in meetings and stuff and trying to write things and my hands shaking so bad and trying to hide my handwriting because I didn't want anybody to see how bad my hands were shaking and how bad my handwriting was. Uh, I, I'd gone through business meetings with food and lunch where I didn't touch my drink one time because I knew if I picked up the glass, I was going to probably more than likely spill it all over the table with the shakes. So yeah. I'd eat the entire meal without drinking. And if my mouth became too dry, I'd just quit eating. Oh, um, right. Just, all the weird things we do to hide yeah. what we're really going through. And, 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 you know, and, and, you know, and in the back of your mind, you feel like that's all totally normal. And I was blessed with a, a regular physician that used to be a neighbor of mine who anytime I came to him with now I look back and I know it was a symptom of my alcoholism. Anytime I went to him, he would give me a prescription to offset that, that, that symptom. I'm always tired. I just, I don't know. I'm tired throughout the day. I don't know what it is, but I, no matter how much I sleep, I'm just tired. He goes, Oh, well you need this. And he gave me a pill that, um, I can't think of the name of it, but it's for narcolepsy. And oh, I see. <laughs> and yeah. and it was supposed to help keep me awake throughout the day. And it, for people that work swing shifts, work night and then have to go back to work in days. So he gave me that. And then um, I'll never forget. I said, you know, these shakes are getting really bad. I don't know what it is. So he gave me a medicine for restless leg syndrome um, mm -hmm. to try and help stabilize my shakes. And, you know, he was right there enabling and justifying it right along with me. So did he know you have a problem or, or you had a problem? He does now, right? <laughs> but he didn't. He does he didn't now. Matter then. of fact, uh, after getting out of treatment, uh, I, I saw where he was enabling, and I saw where he was just going with the flow to help me. And uh, I swore I would never go back and see him again. Uh, the first doctor I saw after going out of treatment, I was completely upfront with her, and I told her, "I said I've got. I'm an alcoholic. I'm an addict. Don't give me anything. Any." anything that's altering and she was right there in with me well apparently she logged it in my chart because they both work for the same clinic it's a it's a chain of a whole network of clinics here and uh i actually went back to him for the first time in probably two years about three weeks ago and i don't even know what i was seeing him for um um but I went to see him and, and when he was writing a prescription for whatever I'd gone in for, he, he said, don't worry, this is not narcotic. Yeah, <laughs> right. Apparently it was in my chart and he, he knew that. <laughs> so he you knew I had sobriety. You know, I want to ask you while we're kind of on the same topic um, about the NA beers and the NA wines and why you think that they're not helpful because I think that there will be many people in the earlier milestones who are listening to this who are really looking for that substitute and I'm wondering what you you know I'm wondering if you will elaborate a little more on your experience of why you think they're bad and why people might you know benefit from staying away from them um 
and you know, to each his own. And, and this is just me and it's my experience from that first round of sobriety when, when I thought, you know, the, the zero, I think I turned to the, and I think it's the same reason a lot of people, they miss the taste and I just got to have that taste. I don't know that it's really, the mind is, is, is really, and you know, we say it's cunning, baffling and powerful, the disease is. I don't know, and I'm not a psychiatrist or psychologist or brain surgeon or anything like that, but I think our brain tells us it's okay, that it's not alcoholic, it's okay, you missed the taste. Remember, you drank because you liked the taste. Mm -hmm. Well, I also like the taste of apple juice, but I don't sit and drink a case of apple juice in one sitting. Um, yeah. yeah, I like the taste of a good vodka drink. But there's 101 other things I can drink to replace the taste of that, that apple, that, that vodka drink. Mm -hmm. um, there's 101 other things other than non-alcoholic beer that I can drink to substitute what I missed in the taste of that beer. So I guess my thought is, is it really the taste I'm missing? Is it really mm -hmm. that, or am I thinking I might get something else out of it? Yeah. And I think in my mind, it's that this tastes like beer, so maybe I'll get the feeling. And, and it, you gotta, I mean, the brain works in weird ways. And I think when you send a sensation that I'm drinking beer to your brain, it might relax and it might calm because your brain at first is thinking, I remember this, this is good stuff. <laughs> this is going to make you feel better, but then it doesn't. And something happens to those dopamine levels. Mm -hmm. I don't know what it is. Mm -hmm. And it starts looking for what that beer is supposed to be doing for you. It's looking, yeah. I recognize the taste, but I don't rec this isn't the feeling something's still missing. And I'll tell you just because of where you're at, you're at six to eight months. Six to eight months, my brain started really kicking in high gear. It was kind of like my brain had accepted the fact that, okay, this dude's serious. He's really not going to drink anymore. He's not going to give me this. And my I got to get some creative ways. <laughs> um, and I was going to go through in the back door and do some. Yeah. And shit. I was actually, I actually had a, uh, there was a song playing on the radio and, um, it was talking about Molly's and I was like, you know, I never really tried any pills. I never really did any drugs cause I was in the military. I couldn't do drugs. And if it's a prescription medication, I mean, my brain started honestly going through this road at six months. So, okay, well, I'm not going to drink and my brain knows I'm not going to drink, but what if Xanax, I don't know, should I, can yeah. I would it, how can I get a prescription? And there was actually one day and I'm making sure my wife and daughter have not walked back in because I don't know if they know this story. <laughs> there was one day that I came home. I've got a, a, a 23 year old, he's 23 now, an older son who had ADHD and I tore through their bathroom looking for ADHD medication, thinking maybe, maybe yeah. that will do something for me to get. And, and I just think that 
I don't think human as, as humans, I don't think we just don't realize the power of our brains. Yeah, and that's of why I'm not a proponent of NA. I just think um, there's, there's an ulterior motive that you might not even know about. Yeah, that's what I was going to say is it kind of feels like you're unconsciously inviting self-sabotage in a way, because, you know, if you, if you do, if you do not get the pleasure out of it, or even, I don't know, it's almost like it's part of you wants, even though you know, you don't want to drink again, and 90%, 95, 99, hell, a part of you wants that through and through, there's still that little part of your brain that's going to, as you say, try to weasel its way in and, and get bigger, take up more space and try to convince the rest of you that you do want what yeah, you want. Like I said, you know? I've been, yeah, and I've been down that road before. I mean, my brain literally told me, you know, 2% is virtually zero. You might as well try it. Go ahead. Right. You can do mm -hmm. it. And, and, and my brain is always telling me you can do it. You know, I, I'll put it this way. I think it's as hard for an alcoholic to understand the normal drinker, um, the perception of normal drinking. Um, just a couple of weeks ago, I was sitting at the pool in our neighborhood and I'm watching other people drink beer. And I'm like, wow, that would really be good right now. And I just couldn't help but think and laugh because I look at them and they're all drinking their one beer, two beers. They've got these little tiny, cute little coolers. I'm like, shit, I'm the guy that had to have the cooler with wheels. I'm going to carry that thing in the pool. And oh, they got, that's so true. And I'm like, oh. I, I can't understand what's the point. Because I can lie to you all day long and tell you I like the taste of beer. I love the way beer tastes. I didn't love the taste of it that much. Yeah. Not that I didn't love the taste that I had to drink 12 of them and couldn't stop because it just tasted so damn good. Mm -hmm. I, I mean, if any of us and all of us were completely honest, we did not drink because we liked the taste. You might've yeah. liked the taste, but there was something else. There was another reason you were drinking other than you liked the taste and that mm -hmm. overcame the taste by far. Yeah, I like the taste of a good scotch. I love the burning of it going down my throat. But I like the way it made me feel a hell of a lot better. I like the way it made me forget all the troubles of my day. That was a lot more appealing than the taste. So I just don't, the NA thing, I just don't get it. Um, it's caused troubles for me in the past. I tell anybody and everybody, my friend, I've got people that I was an outpatient with, uh, Guy went on a fishing trip with some of his clients and he drank Heineken 0.0. And I was just like, be careful. Yeah. It's, so what did you, what do you drink now? Or what did, especially what did you drink in the beginning? Or were you afraid to touch anything? I, um, no, I, and, and, and my therapist called me on this because I am a juice fanatic. Mm-hmm. And, um, like what kind of juice? Do you like to juice your own juice or are you buying the high-end bottles? I like, or? I like playing with juices and somebody's going to say, oh, you won't drink 0.0s, but you'll, you'll mix uh, apple cider vinegar with apple juice or you'll mix 
pineapple juice and this juice, or you'll mix, you know, mix up juices to get a different taste. I don't know the difference. It might not be a difference. My, my therapist called me on it. She said, she's, she said, because I told her how much I enjoy orange juice. And she goes, well, aren't you worried that it's going to trigger you into wanting a screwdriver? And I said, well, I've never thought of it like that. I'm drinking <laughs> juice to drink juice, not because I think it might be a screwdriver. Um, and, screwdrivers and are gross. That, uh, <laughs> I said screwdrivers were gross. Even yeah, that was a last resort. Now, vodka that was like a college I, I, drink, screwdrivers in the red cup. Anyway, I digress. Yeah, that, that's exactly, yeah. You know, but uh, I, vodka tonic, vodka cranberry, martini, look out. Mm -hmm. I'm triggering myself. Look out, myself. Oh, don't do that. But yeah. <laughs> so what do you, so you like to drink juices? I, I, I drink a lot of juice. I drink uh, all of the flavored waters, the carbonated waters, car my refrigerator. I could I can take you over to the fridge and show you everything in there. Um, my big treat that I've really gotten into, and uh, it's kind of my new addiction, and it's kind of a must-have in my house. And I recommend anybody. It's better than any 0, 0.0 alcohol, non-alcohol, whatever. Tiny cokes. Oh, really? In the bottle. <laughs> yeah. Oh, in the in bottle. bottle. Okay. Got to be the glass bottle, not the can, and not okay. the plastic. It's got to be the tiny old but you're, school. But you're, hiding, you're holding up something that's like three inches tall. Do they make? Okay. Well, okay. <laughs> don't let me go get one. But um, <laughs> it's, it's, it's like an eight to 10 ounce, just old I see, school. Yeah. yeah, those are cool. They've got yeah. the nostalgia vibe going for it. Yeah, the one well. that you pull out of the machine and it had all the mm -hmm. dust on the bottle. Those. <laughs> The so, ones with the real Coke in them. <laughs> that's exactly right. And you can feel the carbonation as it goes down. Mm -hmm. So that that's that's my new vibe is is the tiny Cokes. I love those. Um, and like I said, any kind of any kind of carbonated water. I drink a lot of carbonated water. Um, so we'll 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 switch off this drink topic in a second. But how do you feel about the kombuchas? Have you tried the kombuchas? I'm very them? cautious about the kombuchas. Yeah. And if I don't have my glasses and I can't read the label, I make my wife read the label. And even if I can read the label, I'll make her read the label after me because some of them do have alcohol in them. Yeah, it's something like they'll say mm -hmm. like trace uh, amounts less than 0.05%. And, yeah. um, and the way I've been told it's like the same fruit alcohol like a banana like a ripe banana and i yeah. i was worried about it as well they haven't been triggering to me but they're not i didn't yeah but i didn't really uh, i wasn't much of a beer person and i don't know they can kind of seem like a beer um sometimes yeah, i've done some of the kombuchas and and a lot of what i do and experiment and play with with um the fruit juices uh i can um it's probably wrong and it's probably not the most sober thing to do, but I'll even tell my wife, I'll tell her to make me a cocktail, a juice mm -hmm. cocktail. And that's where she'll take different juices, mix them, maybe a little apple cider vinegar. We get something here locally that uh, one of her friends concocts. It's got a ginger juice, turmeric, uh, cayenne, oh, and different things in it that it's kind of really acidic and has a really, kind of a little mm. kick bite to it 
And uh, I'll usually take that and water it down with some apple juice and, and maybe a little apple cider vinegar splashed in it. And that's my juice cocktail. So I have juice cocktails. I, you know, there's so, I went to a, the, back to the neighborhood function Friday night because um, they, they had free wine and stuff at the event. And I, I, I knew people would be drinking and just to have something in my hand, I brought me my juice cocktail. And it was in a tumbler, a metal tumbler. And uh, I just nursed on that all night, which that never would have happened as my wife slammed four glasses of wine. I drank the same drink the whole time. But uh, we actually got in a conversation with somebody and the lady, the girl was talking. She says, yeah, talking about another family or another couple. And she said, yeah, they don't like to come because they don't drink. And I just oh. couldn't help but kind of grin because she's here talking to me about somebody else that doesn't drink. And I'm like, I, I wanted to say something and, and I just let it go. I was like, yeah, you still <laughs> get out of your house if you don't drink. And I'm real cautious to recommending that to people that are, that are still early sobriety, you know, uh, that's, sure. it's, it's, I, I think that's a personal thing. Um, for me, I, I always have an exit plan. So that's, I, yes. um, the exit plan, always, get that parachute ready. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, you know, and I've been really, really, really surprised things like the neighborhood event. Most of the people were drinking bottled water, whereas used to my mind would have been saying, everybody's drinking everybody's getting hammered this is awesome and now i go and i'm like nobody's getting hammered and the people drinking aren't drinking that much um yeah that's aging right there yeah <laughs> well we'll take a quick break and um be back in a minute i'm gonna ask you about your your new experience in what you what you term your real sobriety in aa as I wonder if there might be people in early sobriety who are gonna be interested in that. So we'll come back in just a second.